Get ready for non-stop action. Get ready for non-stop excitement. They're doing the job possibly nobody wants. Watching every canon film and analyzing them. To death. Frank Garcia Hale. Jeff Garlock in The Canon Canon. Motion activated sprinkler sport. Welcome to The Canon Canon. My name is Jeff Garlock. And I'm Frank Garcia. Uh, Ron Jeremy cameo hell. <laughs> so, pr- so many cameos <laughs> that we'll get into. That party is chock full of the stars of the silver screen. That's right. Friends. The small silver screen. They call it silver for a different reason. <laughs> the small, sticky silver screen. The pearl screen. <laughs> People, this is the Canon Canon. We are the podcast where we talk about Canon films, all of their amazing output. And today is no exception. So, uh, so first off, we just want to say, um, so we we have been doing this podcast now for a very long time, over four years. Um, uh, c- c- before the pandemic started, <laughs> we started recording this, and it's nauseating that that much time has gone by. Yeah. Um, and you know, if you've been listening, especially in the past couple months, you've you've heard our hearts be broken at certain moments and then immediately come back in full of joy because we get to talk about canon films yeah and get to talk about all their amazing output uh but because we've been trying to figure out you know where do we kind of go from here we and you've heard us hem and haw about it um you know our our initial idea was we are going to go through every single canon film um and uh, <laughs> do we blame it completely on hot resort and hot chili? <laughs> it's become be a, the recurring that joke. That might have been like the 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 straw that broke the camel's back. It's it's amazing that in stories of life you 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 can't often find the straw that broke the camel's back, but for some reason, yeah. Hot chili and hot resort might have been the straw that broke our backs where we went in to a double shot of watching two low rent teen boob comedies can you imagine if we had followed it up with if we had done hot bubble gum right after that oh my god we (laughs) would i think we would have ended everything then um and you're going in knowing this is gonna be fun and no one is gonna listen to this it's a hard enough time getting people to listen to podcasts in general it's a hard enough time look we started this pre-pandemic we didn't plan on there being multiple uh entertainment related and the worlds we are in uh strikes that would last for almost a year yeah and completely uh change not only the landscape of entertainment but also the landscape of a lot of entertainers brains including (laughs) our own right and the uh, you know having it often line up with uh people's uh, pre-planned uh, midlife crisis anyways. Mm-hmm. And then it just happened to hit. It's like, you got a double strike. And, you know, uh, we couldn't have predicted any of that. And so, look, I, this is just to say, like, you know, we, we've kind of talked about it, me and Frank, uh, for a bit. And uh, we'll talk about it even more next episode. But uh, we're going to... Uh, pull back pretty hard on the canon canon uh we're gonna you know, pull this to an indefinite hiatus mm-hmm. um 
And truly, and again, we will talk about this more in our next episode. We're doing uh, this episode today. And then our last episode before we go on an indefinite hiatus is for what will what is essentially the last canon film as well, Chuck Norris's Hellbound. We found that to be very appropriate. I think, you know, Austin pointed it out to us. Absolutely. When uh, from the canon film guide. Um, but again, we'll get into this more. But uh, we want to... We want to figure out the way to maybe approach this, uh, what we do and what we, the, the people who, you know, really do love this podcast get out of me and Frank talking about these types of movies. And how do we do it where we're not just barreling through <laughs> every week without questioning? years of like oh no one of us can't do it we're going to do a weird bonus episode or get a guest host in and it starts to get questionable of people listening even and we love our listeners we have amazing listening we have you know big listeners for some episodes and other ones hot resort hot chili not as much um but we want to we want to uh you know find the way to best embrace this that you know maybe isn't in Look, the entire entertainment structure is getting restructured. Why can't we, on a personal level, look at the way to restructure? Hey, we just barrel through every single week and give a free podcast out to the world and get upset that, you know, not enough people listen, <laughs> right. which is truly also a good summary of probably me and Frank's entire career yeah. and every comedian that we are friends with career put out a web series, be upset not enough people watch it. Put out everything, get upset not enough people watch it. But, um, so yeah, uh, we're, we're going to do today's episode and then next the, the next episode will be uh, uh, the final one, at least in this format. And we'll get into it more, as we said, and kind of wrap up in that episode. But, you know, we've talked about this before. We had a, uh, uh, we kind of had this feeling for a bit and we mentioned it to Austin Trunick from the Canon Film Guide, Volume 1 and Volume 2. Um, uh, two of the great, truly, not blowing smoke up his butt, truly one of the best books ever yeah. to both of them. Like, we had no idea going into doing this podcast that there would be these books. Uh, a Jungian level of synchronicity. <laughs> truly. <laughs> and to also, like, look... I read enough like film books, especially about, you know, sketchy genre movies where I'm just like, I like reading it because it's about a topic I like. Yeah. And I'm not sure I'm seeing eye to eye with how the writer is writing and not that we need yeah. to see eye to eye with everything that is in art. That's a big problem with today. But God, uh, it's a different topic. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Here we go. Oh, grumpy old goat <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> I tell you. But... <laughs> The minute I we got that book, and I think did am I right that you got me a copy of it first, or did I get you a copy? I don't even remember how we got our copies. Uh, I think I bought it for you for your birthday. Yes, and then you got it for me. Yeah, at another time, <laughs> either Christmas or my birthday. <laughs> oh man! But to read it and then just be like, oh, and also Austin fucking gets it. Yeah, like. He he's 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 not just this blind love for it. Like he understands the ups and the downs, and but also how you can read the culture through reading the genre of the time. Um, and so that's why when we were kind of toying with this, we asked Austin, like, what movies do we need to hit? 
And, you know, and he's like, I would be sad to see you guys go, at least, for you know, but this is what it would be awesome. And we were going to even do almost all those. And then we were like, you know what? This is going <laughs> to somehow add on so many months. Yeah. Me and Frank need to fucking figure out some things in our lives in 2024. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, you know, if you don't know, uh, uh, you know, especially for me. Like, I, and I'll get into this probably in more next episode. Like, I was in this band Orchid when I was 19 and 20, and uh, that band is reunited. Uh, and we're playing some shows coming up this year. To quite the fanfare, Jeff. You have a very <laughs> rabid fan base. I, they, mean, I mean, there are strangers that I had no idea, or not strangers, <laughs> like people I know who even yeah. listen to my other podcast who got excited, very excited to hear about Orchid being back. I like it's like you know and you don't know, and then when it's right. happening, you're just like, "Whoa!" I didn't really, and I'm excited. I I'm so excited to be playing in a it's room. Gonna be with awesome. These fucking guys again, yeah. And so, but it's 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 when we've got a family and yeah. uh, you know other podcasts in life, and we still need to find work, and mm. as we said, a climate. Uh, <laughs> again, you will hear this all, I'm sure, again next episode somehow. But yeah. wait, Jeff, um, I, I'm gonna uh, just put you on yeah. the spot here. Uh, uh-huh. Can I join the band, but do like the Mighty Mighty Boston's thing, where I I do a dance to your music, just the guy who dances. Yeah, you can be our Boston. You can be our Bobo from Avail who just <laughs> dance. You can be the dude in Hazel. Yeah, our Happy Mondays old, too. That one and guy, Happy yeah. Mondays. You can be Bez in Happy Mondays. Yep. The dude in Hazel who is just the old weird dude who had a stick, um, who right. would throw it around. That um, one guy from Pavement who just plays the, the one dude. Yeah, yeah. Bob Gamogrongo yeah. or whatever. It's, yeah, who's like percussionist. Yep. Um, uh, I. It really blew my now I'm just on it aside. It blew my mind when I realized that it was the person from Team Dresh playing drums in Hazel when I was like younger. Oh, wow. Just all those connections really blew my mind. Either way, yes, you hundred percent can, but weird request you have to share Dickie Barrett's political beliefs now. <laughs> so it's a real monkey's paw situation. <laughs> I did see that Twilight Zone. Oh boy! I think he has a new band that is like a bunch of dudes who are like tired of being silenced by cuck. They snowflakes. were all there on January sixth. That's it. Uh, yeah, I think. Yeah, I Let's think it's Jay Johnston. Um, it's Dicky Barrett, Jay Johnston from Mister Show, John Schaefer <laughs> from Ariel Ice Pink. Earth. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, the, yeah. It's just all of Ariel Pink and his backing band for saying they're like I wasn't there, and they're like whatever. <laughs> I thought You're we were in. doing a gig. <laughs> um man sakes alive um so yeah it, we just have a busy uh, uh we've got busy times coming but we want to do it right if we're doing it so um that being said speaking of doing it right this yes. is why it's hard to stop because my segues are perfect frank they're just, flawless oh, Jesus, spotless it's like a, a diamond from uncut gems, if you know what I mean. I can eat <laughs> off of it, Jeff, and not have to worry. <laughs> Speaking of doing it right, we are covering today, finally, 1986's 52 pickup. And, whoa, baby. I This was one that Austin put on the list and we didn't need put on the list. There was, in my mind, I was like, I know we are covering this. Like, yeah. there's no way we're... We're not going to cover can and not do this. And part of this was a little bit like our last American Virgin one. For a long time, uh, you know, I wanted to get my buddy Chris Norris to come on. Mm-hmm. 
to cut co- to help us cover this one right. uh chris was a uh, singer and combat wounded veteran and guitar player was in reversal man people know him as steak mountain um he's an amazing author uh his book the holy day um uh also hunchback 88 uh worth checking out but i want to get him on and then this one of the reasons we're trying to figure out our new way. It was just hard. Yeah. Life is hard. It's hard on our end. The New World Podcast people who we love, we yeah. we just couldn't, because we no. record like Monday mornings at like 9 yeah. a.m. and people are like, I have a job. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, I work. We're the, I have to support my family. And we're, we're the like, hobos who are just like, we're trying, <laughs> but... It's it, it that's partly why it's like finding that new way, the new flesh. Yes, is that me and Frank are like shoving it in on our end, um, <laughs> uh, uh, with our schedules. Uh, so finally, we were just like, you know what, Frank and I have to cover this. Um, and extra caveat with this one, we were going to record this a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and then Frank went on a lovely vacation that I was envious of. Oh, I went to oh. Ireland. Oh, my friend, Ireland. You got to bow at the statue of Phil Linet. That is correct. Lizzie. So envious of you getting to see yep. that. I got to see where he, uh, also we went to Houth, so I got to see uh, where he lived too. So. Oh, man. Yep. Fucking great. Um, and if you're in LA, your child was out for vacation for three, three weeks. So fucking weeks. Give my me a break. God. Literally. <laughs> Truly. It's like. I was saying to a mom this morning, it's like when I would go on tour with Orchid and be like, we'd be in like Germany for like four weeks or something. And then like other people would be like, yeah, I lived in Germany for a month. Like, but that's what I was like. Yeah, we lived with our child home again for three weeks. Like it's so long for a break. But me and Frank were ready to go. We both watched it. I took notes. Yep. And then we realized we can't fucking figure out how to get a date in before he leaves and before I got to start. So the the plus of it is I got to watch it again. I did too. And it was like and it was also nice and honestly a little bit why we're maybe doing this hiatus to figure out the new way. The new flesh was nice because I got to watch it without taking notes. Yep. And I love this movie. Boom, I said it right away, but like to be able to watch this Treat. Like and not be like, jot 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 yep. jot 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 type type type. Same. Ugh, it was. I was. It was. It was the plus of the whole situation that we both got to just enjoy it again, in all of its sleazy glory. <laughs> uh, and you know, I know I've been talking a lot here in this beginning, but also isn't that partly how I work in this podcast? Uh, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I will say, and I told this to Frank while he was in Ireland, another plus of this is that my mother-in-law came to stay here <laughs> and she's, she hangs out and like, will watch TV on her own at night and she's using my Netflix account. So she's like watching Maestro and all the bullshit any parent watches. And then <laughs> all of a sudden she came in, she goes, and we're like, what did you watch? I was like, she's like, I watched this movie. I found a... 52 something <laughs> i was <laughs> like you watch 52 pickup and in some ways i was like sure it's a frankenheimer movie it's roy scheider it's right. Anne margaret but like when my wife watched it with me last night for a little bit she's like my mom watched this movie <laughs> i was like i know <laughs> isn't that funny she's like that vanity has quite the body <laughs> 
she can really spread those legs. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, if you want to have an extra joy, imagine watching Fifty Two pick up with your respective mother-in-law, and her trying to take in the insanity that is this movie. Um, yeah, I mean, just before we kind of get into our facts and everything. I mean, I guess one, like, Frank, had you seen it before we watched it for these two times? No, I had always been aware of it, but it was like one of those movies that just never knew, like, what exactly it was about. Mm-hmm. You know, you see the, the, the video cassette, you know, case, you see the posters, it comes up occasionally with people yeah. talking about, like, oh, I, you know what movie I like? You know, it's kind of like, because even Noah, who uh, did our Death Wish, our Death Wish bro, this was one of the movies, the other movies he said, I'd do this one too, because mm-hmm. he loves it. And so it's like one of those like movie lovers type of movie that kind of is always lower in the list or buried, but they it comes up and they're like, oh, that's a great one. And so I wasn't really familiar with it, but uh, so yeah. I, I liked going into it without really knowing much about it. Yeah, because honestly, if you're younger and you're looking like that poster in box, it's not screaming to you like jcvd or even norris or bronson and these are you know two older dudes even at that point like because it's that it doesn't tell you anything of what the movie's gonna be no it's roy scheider holding a gun and ann margaret just looking the opposite angle uh-huh it's got a bunch of like taglines. I don't even remember what they are. They're just, I have you'll them. have them, but yeah, you'll tell me later. And they're like, <laughs> they don't say anything about what it is. And unless you like recognize, like, oh, this is going to be Elmore Leonard. Mm-hmm. And this is also like, until you recognize, oh, Quentin Tarantino loves Elmore Leonard. Right. And a lot of the Tarantino vibe comes from Elmore Leonard. Like, that makes sense as you're watching it. And also, if you're not, like, like we both were film kids, but, like, I wasn't, like, a Frankenheimer film yeah. guy. Besides just generally knowing and then eventually be like, oh, it's the guy who did Seconds. Like, that's a fucking amazing movie. I love Rock Hudson so much in that movie. Like, um, uh, and, yeah, there's not a lot to draw. And I remember it's the same when, like, I think even when Norris brought up, I think... Uh, like he's the one who's like, I'd love to do fifty pick fifty two pickup that sleazy movie, and I had watched it once because I was like, well, it's a canon movie. I guess I watched it and being like, whoa, and I kind of forgot because you're just like, oh, it's it's a lot sleazier of them. You just think it's gonna be two old people doing some sort of thriller. Yeah, and you know, as always with this, Frank and Margaret is my age in this movie. What? 45 she is well i mean uh, might have been younger fantastic. when they shot it 42 43 oh my even God. she's closer to your age when they shot this movie correct <laughs> wow um and i think scheider's only like 52 or 53 he's my brother's age yeah like um i mean let's be fair scheider has seen a lot of life yeah at that point <laughs> yeah he's got that leathery kind of skin going on has he maybe seen, and I ask this not in a judgmental way, but t- did he have some work done? <laughs> like, it's, uh, I don't know. That Jaws money, man. With, Once you get that yeah. Jaws money, you know. <laughs> that Jaws money gave a baby an interesting cheek. Let's just leave it <laughs> at that. And I don't know if it was from a shark bite, if you know what I mean. Um, 
But yeah, it and I maybe watched it once before, and I kind of just didn't completely register. I feel like it was in those couple of years where I just watched too many movies, like when like I watched every Giallo and don't remember any Giallo right. sort of vibe. I was clearly depressed in a certain way <laughs> um, uh, uh, that I think Pat Oswalt captures very nicely in that book about watching movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I blank on the name, but um, but yeah, it is uh, a man. It's a it's a weird joy of a movie to me. Like it's a certain type of scummy movie. Yeah. In a good way. Yeah. Um it's yeah. it's a kind of scummy movie you don't really see these days. Which is nice. Yeah. Like it's you're just like, man, what a fun time. Like <laughs> uh it's also one that uh it's almost like I bought it and that's I'm glad again we did this and then watched it twice because uh, I posted, you know, maybe a year ago at the Pasadena flea market, there was a guy selling posters and all of a sudden I was like, oh, he's got to have Canon. And he had a whole bunch. And that's where I bought my over the top poster and a 52 pickup original poster. But I, even when I bought it, I was like, do I like 52 pickup <laughs> to much? hang it up? <laughs> yeah. Buy a frame for this specific size. Um, I think I might. Yeah. It's actually less offensive of a poster than nine tenths of the posters in the Canon Canon domain, which is my back house. Yep. Um, uh, uh, certainly less scary to my mother in law who watched this movie <laughs> than most of the things in the room she has to sleep in. Well, Jeff, I still have to give you your Christmas present, and let's just say you might be going bananas for it. Oh my god! Oh wow! So subway po- UK subway poster of going bananas. It takes up Wait, all of your room. Are you room. serious? No. Oh my god, Frank! I was just like you've went out of your gourd. <laughs> I would never waste that money doing that for a, a for a. It fun is an joke. iconic poster that we have. A, we have agreed that movie is a nightmare. <laughs> Man, shout out or again to I can't. What it was. It was. Yeah. I apologize. I'm blanking on his uh, name, his Twitter handle. But uh, one of our fans, uh, I believe in UK or Wales. Again, I, I'm sorry if I'm not remembering. You know that the Cannon Bros, our brains are mush uh, for random things. But <laughs> he went through. Ev- he listened to and watched every movie in order, and then did a barrel through. And honestly, I repost his uh, stuff on our Twitter sometimes. It was a little bit of a reminder of why we're maybe taking this hiatus because, like, <laughs> I thought especially the towards the end, thing, he's just Jeff. like, Jesus. Because, like, some of those ratings, I'm like, I feel very bad for. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But he was just like, and it's just like, another one I got to get through. And I'm like, <laughs> imagine know. how we feel <laughs> um, telling our wives we're going to go record for two hours about going <laughs> bananas. Um, but yeah, so. Uh, we should get into some facts so we can get into some yelling about this amazing movie. Give me one second. Of course. All right. So the guy's name is Gav the Hardcore Legend. I hope I'm saying oh, that yes. right. Yes. Yeah, G-A-V Evans 81. Thank you for looking that up. Uh, and thank you for taking on that task. I'm sure other people have, but you, you, you let us know, and truly, it was fun to watch. And then, like... At a certain point towards the end, he caught up to us, and I was just like, Woof. Wow. He's barreling through 
and I get it. We are like, we apologize like, to you, Gav. <laughs> we hope we didn't ruin your life. No, not ruin man. your life. We you know, look, we're talking like the it's it's two old men defeated a bit, so but no matter what, you know that the episodes are fun. Yeah. Uh and Jeff movie, and I love <laughs> we like talking to each other. We like I mean, yeah. we enjoy each other's company. We've known each other for oh my god, how long now, Jeff? Uh <sighs> nauseatingly years? long, yeah. Fourteen years now. Amount. Probably. Wow. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Holy our fuck. lives. <laughs> um, uh, thank you, though, Gav, for watching all those and rating each one individually. And Godspeed to all of us. Yeah. Um, all right. So yeah, facts. 52 pickup. 52 pickup, a.k.a. Payment Cash. Uh, <laughs> November 7th was released November 7th, 1986, with a gross of two, five point, oh boy, 5.2 million. It was directed by John Frankenheimer, of course. Cinematography by Jos Vacano, who did uh, so many impressive things. Das Boot, The NeverEnding Story, RoboCop, Total Recall, Showgirls. Oh, it's that guy. Starship okay. Troopers. Yeah. So, I mean, he works. So he's a Verhoeven. Verhoeven, We've talked yeah. about him then before. I love that cinematographer. Yeah. Really great cinematography. And he's great in this, by the way. There's cinematography in this. There I is, think is there's a couple of shots where I'm like, how did they, What's what's that shot called when you can do like is it uh not rack focus it's not rack focus because no. that's when you're pulling but yes i know where you can um, get both uh so where you can get both the uh yeah the, the person up front and in the back in i swear we're in the entertainment world we, we know <laughs> right, these <yeah>. things <laughs> you know that thing and uh, <laughs> but anyway it was written by uh elmore leonard and um john Ste- stepling I think so. All right, 1986, we got Top Gun, Crocodile Dundee, The Karate Kid Part 2, Back to School, Aliens, The Color Purple, Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home. Oh, wait. Yeah, four. Oh, it's like yeah, rock, yeah, that's four. <laughs> that's the whales. <laughs> Ruthless people out of Africa and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. You know what's funny about this? I think we talked about this before, Jeff. A lot of these properties uh, have sequels in our current time. Or or yeah. being remade in our current yeah. time. Interesting. So, Jeff, where do you think this landed? I think you said like five point one million or something like that. Yeah, something for like their that. draw around there, five point one, five point two. Let's go one two seven. Oh, very close. We're at one fifteen. Not too off. Okay. It was look. Beats. If I could have said two two seven, I would have. But I know I can't get that. Huh? Ooh, Mary. <laughs> Mary. <laughs> uh, so it was beat by Troll. Troll one. Oh, a movie I have seen one million times. Oh yeah, All me right. too. I've been and thinking about rewatching that lately. It keeps getting suggested, and I I'm know. like, do I want to do this to myself? <laughs> uh, it also beat Out of Bounds. Um, a movie I haven't seen a million times. What is Out of Bounds? Do we know? That is here. Let me read you the Please. the synopsis here. Daryl's parents ship him off to the big city to live with his brother, hoping he will have a better life there. After a baggage mix-up at the airport, Daryl finds himself in possession of a drug cachet, which a drug dealer wants back, starring Anthony Michael Hall. Oh, so it's like Jim Belushi's taking care of business, mixed with... Every, a lot of movies, a lot of different... check? 
maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Big fat liar. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anthony Michael Hall, Ginny Wright, Jeff Cole. Paul Giamatti. Glenn Truman. <laughs> Truman. I Pepe somebody. I can't read. I'm looking at it's giving me a thing here. Ted Nicely. All right. <laughs> Out of bounds. Out of bounds. Rated R. <laughs> <laughs> I think it All is. Right, Wait, so- it says it's uh Let's see here. Uh, July 25th, 1986. Ah, it doesn't have the rating on here. Who gives yeah. a shit? So, well, all right. 117, you said? Or 115? Yep. 117. All right. I mean, you know, respectable. But also, again, this is... Or 115. This, this is one of the reasons why Canon is starting to... You know, I, I see that's a big movie, like, for them. Like, and it's it's, you know, a fine showing <laughs> yeah well because it was kind of limited release too i think i think there was it wasn't as yeah. wide released do you want to hear the taglines please oh i keep doing that i just moved my <laughs> my i i tried to make it easier for my mic setup and then i just ended up I'm, and you made it harder because i use my hands every time i talk all right <laughs> greed extortion revenge that's it. I uh, think that's the poster, right? I yep. think that might be what's on there. Yeah. All right. Here we go. A gripping, fast-paced suspense thriller of homicidal blackmail. It's a lot of words. All right. His <laughs> I feel wife. like a lot of conflicting words. I couldn't even follow this I know. sentence, really. His wife, dot, dot, dot. His mistress, dot, dot, dot. His career, dot, dot, dot. A deadly trap. That's the poster. That's what I've got on my poster sitting over here. <laughs> Love it. Love uh, it. All right. Um, they shouldn't have blackmailed Harry Mitchell. He made them pay in blood. Wow. I feel good. 52 pickup. <laughs> all right. I'm going to read this with that Philly accent. Shelly Long. This last one. 52 pickup. <laughs> Let's see if I could do it. I can't do it as well as... Uh, as John Glover in this movie. Cindy is a not just... I can't do it. I can't do it. Maybe you need it's your touchdown. That's why I said... Model. I just started like Johnny Conroy here. Motion, motion activated sprinkler. Cindy <laughs> is not just a nude model in Detroit porno houses. <laughs> can't do Wait it. Wait a second. Hold on. Did you say Detroit? Yeah. Because that's where it was supposed to be set. Or that's where the book is set. Okay, and so here leads, I mean... And then it was going to be in Philly, which is why John Glover had that choice. And another one said Pittsburgh, which I was wondering... But, and that is the thing, too. Like, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, BNS about movies might be from Pittsburgh, so he would possibly know. Like, this is, like, where we've talked about before, like, I'm a, you know... Now I think the world, in the past maybe five years, came around to the Philly accent. Yeah, as a thing versus the go-to New York, Boston, blah blah blah, and then realize like, whoa, the Philly accent is really fucking weird. It, it, it's and, very weird, yeah. And friend, uh, you know, our friend uh, Christine Nangle, yeah, master of the Philly Absolutely. accent. Absolutely. And then Kroll show when they would do, where all of a sudden I was like, oh whoa, there is a difference between Philly, Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pittsburgh and Delaware because I think Joe Wenger has a Delaware because he's from Delaware. Yep. Also, <laughs> Philly so, Boy Roy from the and best Philly show. Boy Roy, I mean, John Worcester. This sounded like Philly Boy Roy. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, also, 
I can't remember now the character's name I came up with, but it's on a Hawk commercial. I did a commercial for Ho Ho Hoagies. <laughs> it's a Christmas theme hoagie shop. Like, and it was only because of the name. <laughs> and the guy, I think, I think part of the joke became that the guy didn't even have a Philly accent. Right. He just thought he needed to force himself to have it. <laughs> but that's what I'm wondering because, like, I'm obsessed as you are with John. I mean, one, we're both obsessed with John Glover. Yeah. One of my favorite He's an amazing character actor. actors. Yeah. Yes. One of the best character actors ever. Yeah. Um, he's always he's unbe- so unbelievable good. in this. Yeah. He is um, incredible. I mean, oh my God. This whole cast is. The cast just, is crazy. The cast is incredible. Uh, Clarence Williams third. I mean, oh mm. my God. Just holy shit. I want after this. I'm like, is this his best role? <laughs> I don't like. Man, it's up there he's now because consistent. he's so good in this, and he's always consistent. Yeah. But like, th- this is why. Also, uh, well, first I just have to say with the John Glover thing, his accent is so weird. It's such an, a crazy choice to have if it's in L.A. to have him have a strong Philly slash Pittsburgh accent. Yeah. But then I was like, wait, is it the Pittsburgh quality? That lends to where sometimes it almost turns into California surfer. Right, yeah. And I don't, because I don't think it's like John Glover just can't get the voice. It's just like, it feels very specific to like someone he knows. It adds it to this menacing, it's like, you know, it's not like the Minnesota thing, but it's just like that accent kind of it, it with the with the wrong actor it could have like really taken you out of the movie and really been like yeah. oh this is silly this is a bad this is a too big of a choice and the director didn't want to correct but it it, it it applies to the character it helps the menacing aspect of it so mm-hmm. much the classic new york accent is nothing at this point yeah. to me like it's honestly one of the reasons i i'm sure i've said this i never watched sopranos <laughs> is just that the accents always felt like they're doing a parody of scorsese movies right. and i was just like i can't get over that it's and i'm sure it's an amazing show obviously right. but one day maybe i'll get there um and the boston accent has now become just like a cliche upon a cliche mm-hmm. like it's a freaking southie that guy Pack the con, blah, 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 blah. Like, it's just like, but there's something weirdly menacing Dunkin about donuts. the Philly. <laughs> right. There's something weirdly menacing about a Philly accent in that area done in a certain way because there are so many choices uh, that don't don't register after years of, like, with the New York and Boston of seeing it in movies where I know why that happens. And you can almost see like where the dialect comes from. Yeah. But like the like and why I use motion activated sprinklers is my go to starting point <laughs> because there was a Philly no. plant show that they talk about raising plants. And it was like I was driving to a metal show in Philly <laughs> listening to it. And the guy kept talking, he kept saying, And you set up your motion activated sprinkler. <laughs> and in my brain, it was how I can get my brain to go. Get some water ice and go down to say the angles. It, it helps lock you in, right? <laughs> yeah. That's but what... I lose it. And that's one of the pluses and the amazing parts of, obviously, it's because Nangle grew up there. But like John Glover, he feels like he is improvising, but it feels so tightly improvised that you're like, yeah. that's not improvised. And he never, it's not just the accent, but he never loses the character or the accent. It's just he's able to keep trucking. And also... 
it's probably the mark of Frankenheimer and all of these actors that they cast and having an amazing cinematographer that it's like there are so many little moves in this kind of big swing for the Elmore Leonard fences sleazy movie, but tiny little acting choices. And that's why when you're talking about uh, Clarence uh, uh, Williams, uh, wait, yes, like he he's one of them. He makes all these little choices. There are so many times that are like what ultimately makes this movie and like kind of pushes it to me is little eye movements from all the actors. Yeah. There's all these little eye movements in this big movie. Like with these big dumb like not dumb but big ridiculous ideas. Mm-hmm. That the parts that really sell me are these like kind of quiet Small acting moments, moves yeah. and, and these quiet moments. Like, I think Anne Margaret's unbelievable in this. She's great. She sells the fucking like kind of like doesn't feel to me cliched beleaguered wife. Like she's like truly broken she's trapped. by this. I mean, asshole. she's trapped in this situation yeah. and she's so angry at her husband, but like rightfully so. Yeah, she's like you fucking idiot. I yeah. hope it was worth it. Now I have to be in this shit. So what and choice he, do I have? I got to say, I, I feel like I saw like this is a classic where sometimes like, I know it was for Sorcerer. People complain that they think Scheider was cast wrong for Sorcerer, which I think he's amazing in Sorcerer yeah. personally. But, and maybe I'm I'm carrying that over from 52, but like, why is also this, this, you know what? One of the reasons this is like a sleazy movie that doesn't get made that much anymore is like, he's not a likable character. Yeah, He's a scumbag, but he's supposed to be a dick. And people like, call him out on his shit through the whole movie too. People call him out on his shit and he never listens no, to them. Never. <laughs> like one of my favorite scenes is when they're on the bed on both on opposite sides, backs to each other. And they're having two completely different conversations. Like, he's not listening to what she's saying. And what she's saying is honestly more legit. It's just like, you really fucked this up. And he's just like, and he's like in this mode of like, I never, I can't believe this is fucking happening to me. Right. But there are at least. These people. And it's like, well, you. It's everyone else. It ain't him. And there's at least two times where you know he's lying because he's got his he's got his character tell where he looks down to the side where like, she's like, has there, have there been others that he's like, no. And you're like, yeah, you did. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. You did. You're a real piece of slime. Yeah. And I'm sure it'll come up in my notes, but there's at least one more where he does just a move where he like looks down and looks up and he, he like, it almost like it feels like a character move. It doesn't, to me, read as an acting move as like a more of a non-actor, but like, it's like this character looks down for two seconds to reset his brain and then come back even harder Yeah, with like defiance of like, no. And granted, it has the canon moves or a couple times where you're just like, okay, especially the end. where you are like, that's not a happy ending, yeah. <laughs> but we're treating it like it is. <laughs> But that's part of what I love in these movies too, is like right. the fucking toad shifts. But But that was a very canon that ending is all like a very canon. Yes. Yeah. Hundred percent. But I think like honestly, that's one of the reasons I love fifty two and what we're saying is like there's something very comforting to watch a movie. Like I could imagine someone doing a reading of like 
this guy's a scummy shitbag who cheated on his wife. Like, why would I care about him? And the answer is, like, you're not necessarily supposed to, but the story is still fucking compelling. I think like, it's isn't like, that interesting? Isn't that isn't life interesting sometimes? I think what helps it is Anne Margaret's character because, like, yeah. here she is, very successful, and this guy, based off his impulses, are uh, also at the beginning of the movie. There's an indicator of how much he doesn't care, like how much he's just like not even looking out, just kind of doing whatever he wants recklessly. Is how he backs out of the driveway into the road. Yes, doesn't look, <laughs> just goes. And you're yeah. like, dude, if that's in WeHo or Beverly Hills, wherever the fuck you live, yeah, yeah. there's going to be people going down the street. 100%. If he's anywhere close to Laurel Canyon area. Oh, my God. Yeah. As we've complained about before, where for some reason, LA has decided a back road that's winding on a mountain with no head, no lights should be a main oh, thoroughfare yes. to get from where we live to fucking the Sunset Strip. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I... Uh, I think it's also, to me, this is, like, I didn't love, and I, I, it still is real, a real gamble for me, like, when I read actual Elmore Leonard books, if I'm gonna like them or not. Like, I think because of growing up of, like, how I'm gonna really get into quote-unquote film is to really, like, we come from the Tarantino generation, so, like, I'm gonna watch Tarantino movies, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm kinda tired of the Tarantino vibe. And it's only in the past couple of years where I've been able to come around and be like, Oh, now on a, on a couple of watches. I, now I like once upon a time in Hollywood, but it took me reading the book. It really like, did like kind of creep up on me. The first time I saw yeah, it, didn't love it. I hated it. Then the second I time I, I saw it, it, I was like, yeah, but then I kept watching yeah. it and I was like, wait, actually I like this movie a lot. Yeah. And say, so, and, and, you know, and hateful eight is like, problematic and i love there are scenes i despise in hateful eight yeah and the ending i pretty much despise my hateful eight is those last eight minutes <laughs> boom but um but i also kind of love that movie for what it is yeah. and for what it kind of does um but it's like then it, because of him i didn't love the things that elmore leonard does where it's like it's too cool it's like and and and, and this embraced the nice parts of him that crept into, I think, indie cinema, quote unquote, of that time where it's like people are multifaceted. And it's not just like crooks are quirky, but that it's also like people are quirky. Like it's like people are like not just like you're good, you're bad. Like you're. Yeah. There's there's a fun in Parker novels and shit like that where it's just like he's a criminal, but he's got a code. <laughs> it's the same exact thing. But like. To me, this is a movie that shows like, oh, yeah, if you take that element, like uh, most of the time the movie's going to work because it's like kind of in this weirdness and the scumminess. It's like more human than human other movies, <laughs> more human than human. <laughs> and I believe that's why Rob Zombie wrote that song. Yep. Uh, <laughs> You're talking about 52 Pickup. Yes, exactly. Um, uh, <laughs> he just shows the porn party scene when they play. Exactly. Um, uh, but yeah, it's uh, it, it, you know, and and you know, what is this movie? Classic candy can. This is how we work. Forty five minutes in, it's a basically Roy Scheider is a in this movie. He owns like he's a metallurgist slash he owns like a metal company. 
He has a patent for this thing that can fuse metal. He's uh, become very rich, but he's cheating on his wife, who's Anne Margaret, who is uh, in politics, and she's gonna be. She gets asked to have like a high uh, city councilwoman. I think I believe so. Yeah, yeah, and so like she's she's about to have a huge opportunity. I mean, of course, she's an older woman, forty five, and uh, and then he's been cheating with Kelly Preston. Uh, who's an exotic dancer slash model, um, and these three scummy dudes uh, br- uh, blackmail him, and because he's fucking prideful, he gets her murdered. Yep. And immediately they're like, "We don't just want a hundred five million for one, or a hundred five thousand one year. We want it every year, sport." <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And then he finds the way to turn them on each other. Yep. Um, I say, like, look at my books. Way. This is all I yeah. can do because he is actually good at accounting. Yes. And they find out that he can only afford, what was it, 52000 52000 so that the they can do a 52 pick, which my wife loved to do while she was reading and then looked up and she goes, ah, 52 of it will be picked up. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little clunky, but um, they came up with the title first. They had to figure out how it worked. Um, but yeah, I mean, it. that being said, at least for me, and I, not to speak for you, like I'm... Uh, the nice part about this movie is I'm legitimately like kind of engaged with how it's going to turn oh, out. Oh, yeah. I definitely The whole was. time. Yeah. Um, a little bit like, in a different way, this is how we're, this is why we're the candy cannon, baby. It's like how I was engaged in Down Twisted, but Down Twisted was the wrong way. Because <laughs> Down Twisted, I was just so confused on what the fuck was happening, but legitimately wanted to know how anything was going to work. Right. It wasn't using the twist convention to um, confuse and, like, you know, slide a hand. It was more yes. of, like, it's unpredictable because you start to see, like, the pride of Roy Scheider's character, and it's unpredictable. It's like that when you're, you're at a dog park, and all of a sudden this dog that's just a little too, like, uh, wiry or whatever comes in, and you're like, I don't know how this is going to go. Either that dog's going to be fun for my dog to play with, or... Uh, they're going to fuck everything up. Roy Scheider is both, his character <laughs> is both the dog that goes into the park that you're, it's unpredictable and the owner who keeps going, he's fine. Yep. <laughs> and then you're like, no, no, yeah. he's not. Get him on a fucking leash. Jesus Christ. I got to take a because, business call. I'm going to step out. Can you keep an eye on it? <laughs> like Exactly. Yeah. Well, because also it's just like, that's the fun part of his character. It's like, you don't trust the moves he's gonna make no like as a you don't you, you can't trust that it's gonna be a smart move and he's so cocky yes and it's just like that that shit can't work well that's why i like about him talking to his friend again and his friend is like god damn it just stop this shit and get the cops involved because he's just like uh, you know, yes. hot shot yeah i forgot what he called them but it was just like yeah he's like common sense and roy share is like no i i got this i got this yep it's uh yeah it is uh Man, it, it is. I. It's. It's. It's an engaging move, but also a big chunk of it is what you said. It's just like the casting is fucking great. Like uh, everybody, everybody. Like there's there's actually legitimately like it's not. There's not really anyone that bums me out in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> like there's Roy Scheider and Margaret's unbelievable. Yep. Because also like yeah, she's like. 
it's like the uh, uh it's almost like the go-to of just like oh if i was that person i would just leave no nope. and it's just like well i mean that it's like literally that like as she simple. says yeah she's like we've been together 22 years and you do this shit to me and no they've been together for 23 years longer than she had been alive the the girl yes yeah oh yes that's it that's it 100 yes so they've been together 23 years their lives are enmeshed and now she does have choices that this will affect and it's not just that she's like think about her but like she like it's not just as like it's it's an unclear where the fuck do we go from here and one half of the equation is a fucking crazy dog and the owner like he's like give me three days i'm gonna go do some right. fucked up shit <laughs> and she just has to be like okay and then he's like yeah, can you find out information about this and she's like i guess so that is crazy that he is like i'm i'm gonna fix this because i don't want you to not be able to like have this and ruin your career but <laughs> but yeah, could you use this job to ask some real sketchy shit about some people and probably usurp the boundaries of where you're supposed to be, like what you're supposed to be doing in this job? But because he's fucking, he's both only thinking about himself as a character, like in general, uh, uh, and uh, he's just trying to get through this. He's just trying, like, you know, uh, in, in whatever way he can. Um, but yeah, it's like, Vanity. I mean, we've said it before. Vanity. We we love Vanity. Love Vanity. She was great. She was like, incredible. A knockout. She just she always did her role well. Yeah. Like honestly, um, Kelly Preston is harrowing. Yeah. In this movie. Yeah, I felt so bad for her. <laughs> the job. murder scenes are like Ugh. the precursor to torture porn. Yes. Ugh. And the way it's shot, it's like it was a reminder of one of the reasons. Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer is like not a movie I like. It's a movie I think is great and do not need to watch again. Yeah, because yeah, it's that video quality Ooh. of it. And the that's lo- the thing. Like, just- VHS always makes it creepy. It always makes yeah. it creepy, especially when you have John Glover talk about how great it looks. Ugh, yeah, it's like you see that I got I got a two shot there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> really impressed with uh, the lighting in this one. I don't know why I just did it Australian. <laughs> It's. I mean, it's very hard. Wow, it was a very to, hard accent. You need your pull in. Uh, Robert Trevor is fucking great. Uh, uh, he's a, he's the one who was in Dude. Hercules, the legendary journeys. I mean, Leo um, Franks. Yeah, he's playing Leo Franks, right? Like that. Yes, oh, he's that, Leo. I he did such a great job. That that kind of like nervousness and the sweatiness is just like yeah, perfect. And, and then so just well. the craziness where I feel like a creep, but it's like part. I mean, a big chunk of it is just like. You go into genre, you know about 70s porn. <laughs> like, that entire party scene is just every single one. Yeah. It's just like, oh, like, there's Herschel Savage. Oh, there's Amber Lynn. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's Sharon Mitchell. There's Ron Jeremy. There's Tom Byron. There's Jeremy, uh, uh, Jamie Gillis. Jamie Gillis, who, uh, you know, uh, speaking of, I, I could be getting this wrong, but I'm pretty sure uh, Norris designed a shirt. Uh, for a Jamie Gillis porn that like this company had made like I think it was like an enema porn that he had made but you know he's be- Jamie Gillis is I if I'm getting this right because I'm not the expert on this stuff but it's like it's like you know he became that like oh but you should watch this genre like this specific subgenre like yes it's a porn but it's like artistically shot and this and this and like 
Um, maybe that one doesn't qualify in there. I have no idea, but I'm pretty sure he made a shirt as a bootleg like you can get online. Like we're buying Sisters of Mercy shirts right. all the time. Yes. Or my Rolling Thunder shirt. Um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, but like just even that is just like crazy. Yeah. Uh, and I think Sika was supposed to be she in it. Was. But according to Sika, John Frankenheimer was like, can we go on a date? <laughs> <laughs> she's like, see ya, see ya yeah, later. See ya later. <laughs> um, see ya, a new actor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think also uh, with this, I think the soundtrack is fucking great. That's uh, Firewalker's own, uh, oh God, what is it? Uh, Gary Chang. Yeah. Gary Chang does a great job. Yeah. Um, I will buy Canon soundtracks just for the hell of it. I uh, bought an Apple one the other day for two bucks. Um, uh, you know, was a good one for my son to do his classic. Do you like this song? Which means he does not like it. <laughs> uh, whatever he says that, which is always funny to me. Wow, that's better than what my daughter says. She just says, change it. <laughs> <laughs> He's grown to be nice about it, partly because he knows I'm such a pain in the ass about music. Yeah. Um, but the 52 pickup one, I've got one sitting in my Discogs right now. I think I just need to order it because I would legitimately listen to this one. It's fucking, it's great. It's compelling. It's got some fun synth stuff going on. Uh, uh, I, I super into it. Also, great uh, logo. Yeah. We've got our. Oh, man. And this one, too, that you have the, the, the score actually over the logo, which I love. Yep. As opposed I to that, bam, 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 bam. I mean, I do like that too, but yeah. you know, I we love it too. But we also we have complained for so many years that it like sometimes feels like they're just randomly picking notes, and <laughs> then it just ends sometimes. <laughs> like they put the drummer fell like, down. Yes, exactly. <laughs> he was doing it walking, uh, and then he just fell down the stairs. Um, uh, yeah, and so. Uh, I kind of also love how the fifty-two pickup comes in lower left hand quadrant for some reason that's where they picked an iMovie <laughs> yes exactly yes it's like yeah they just say they did the 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 preset yeah uh, and it worked out for all of us um, the lower left third and then it yeah it worked out uh, yeah uh i love even you know like roy swimming at the beginning and Anne looking down honestly there is a bit of just like yeah they're not doing great yeah like you can tell, like there's just it's something there's a, a put bit. on, yeah. Eminence it's a put front. on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> what a crazy pulley system to get that fucking hard top onto your convertible car. So much work, Jesus Too much Christ. work. Too much work for us lazy assholes. Right. Unless it's paid off with some crazy jazz to listen to when you get your <laughs> <car>. <laughs> He's like, yes, Thelonious, um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was just talking about this yesterday when one of the greatest moments when uh, my wife was pregnant is there was a uh, all-female jazz quartet playing outside of the Greenpoint Library. Uh-huh. And it was like a billion degrees. Oh. But there was this one lady playing double bass. And she was very tall. And she just kept yelling out, Ah! More bass! <laughs> <laughs> it was unbelievable. Um, uh, so, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's also like pretty good. Like They, they get right into it. Yeah. Like... Uh, you know he go he's basically like i'm gonna be late i gotta go talk to someone really he's going to cindy's apartment yeah we knew something was up with that phone call 
Yeah. And even 100%. the way his assistant, assistant was like, and can you please call your wife back? Yes. It's like, oh. Yes. Nice. Se- I'm just like, oh, man, this motherfucker never calls his wife yeah. back. Um, and of course, and he's a jerk. She's calling to say, I'm getting this great job opportunity. He's going to, as he says, I was, the crazy part is I was going over there to to break it off with her. Uh-huh. Bullshit. No, you weren't. I don't buy it. You're going to break son off into her gross that's like an elmore letter that's something roger glover robert glover would say um john uh, glover john glover and robert glover uh, and uh yeah um, <laughs> and donald glover and and donald glover would definitely say in atlanta glover. as he's dressed as uh, uh john glover in this movie <laughs> in a weird episode of the fourth season um and so yeah uh we we've got three dudes in balaclavas but immediately I knew it was John Glover. Yeah. I was like, oh, man. And also, before I really remembered, I just wrote Philly accent. Mm-hmm. Like, I was, because it's shocking when it happens. Yeah. Um, but also, great way to let us do an information dump. Yep. Like, why bother with another way? Like, have the blackmailers be like, oh, man, yeah, you got this and this and this. Just laying it background, out for us. Yep. That's all Because they're going to do it anyways. Yeah. Um, uh, and so, yeah, they basically like they're like, here's the deal, sport. You're gonna give us one hundred five thousand dollars. You make one hundred twenty off of this patent alone. Um, <laughs> and they they say he needs ten thousand in like a week. And he immediately is like, I'm not telling this to anyone except for my lawyer friend, uh-huh. even my wife who's sitting there eating a bran muffin and drinking coffee like it's the 80s, <laughs> and everyone's bowels are screaming, "Help me! Help She's me!" About to do the Jane Fonda workout. Jesus Christ. It is sometimes you're like, did you know you were going for it being the 80s, even though it was 86 and you're just existing? <laughs> like, Hold on. I'm is... reading this Reader's Digest. <laughs> I While I sit in front of orthodontist class, I'm surprised there wasn't more. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Class. The whole house made of orthodontist class. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of the best parts of uh, watching Bad... Is it Bad Influence? The... Um, uh, the movie they covered it on with Gorley and Rust. I might have brought this up already, but Rob Lowe and James oh, Spader, right? And it's basically like the precursor to Fight Club. You kind of realize, yeah. But man, James Spader's apartment is only oh. orthodontist glass. <laughs> <laughs> it is beautiful. Um, uh, so yeah, uh, it, he's you know in between doing this demo and showing off his patent, yeah. and he's also talking like Oppenheimer over here, cha cha, cha cha. Oppenheimer who can't keep his wee wee in his pants there, <laughs> which yet. was uh, Oppenheimer. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I still haven't seen Oppenheimer. Oh, you haven't? No, no. Yeah. I watched Barbie. I did my due diligence, right. and out of respect to the world, I'm going to hold my <laughs> opinions back. <laughs> I okay. How about we balance it out? I loved it. Yeah, I love Barbie. And I think it's. I thought it was a great movie. I, I love the tone. I love the jokes. I love the way they approached it. Jeff, I don't. I did not. When you texted me that you were like, eh, I was like, yeah, I didn't expect you to like it. Yeah, Jeff. I really did. I don't think it's people not are going to be for upset me. at you being like, yeah, whatever. For Jeff I, Garlock thing, to be. <laughs> truly, I I'm truly happy people love it. And I'm, I'm, as I think I told you, I'm truly impressed 
Uh, and it's very funny to be talking about this while we're talking about 52 Pickup, this <laughs> fucking scummy movie. I truly am impressed that they were able to get, even if they feel a little baseline, like statements like about life and et cetera, into a movie that made that much money. Yeah. Like, truly. Uh, it was just like, just for me, joke-wise, it felt a little Shouts and Murmurs-y meets... Uh, uh, funny or die sketches yeah like um it was just like honestly my sketch teacher brain was on immediately and i was just like yeah that makes sense it was too many that makes sense jokes for me and it just after a while i was just like and i'm just like it's just i don't know anything like it's it's i just i don't know i appreciated it and I love I love Noah Baumbach, and I I do really like Greta Gerwig actually. Like I mean, I, I'm saying this because a lot of people are like, yeah, Greta Gerwig. Like I like Greta Gerwig. Yeah. Um, but it did remind me of there was a little. I think I told you this, like Sorkin thinking he could write sketch for Studio Sixty. Oh, no, it, no. And it wasn't that bad. No, it was no. But it definitely near just that. had some moments where it Let's felt not. like <laughs> I gotta care, do a Studio uh, Sixty rewatch. Yeah, I mean, I that's our so. next podcast. <laughs> oh, I'll do that. Fuck that. That's that. our reboot. Oh, uh, let us um, know. Send off in the comments. Studio should 60 we do rewatch. a Studio Sixty rewatch podcast? Sixty on oh, sixty. <laughs> my God, sixty episodes on <laughs> Studio Sixty. Uh, I'm glad people enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, uh, All right, we can move uh, on. Yeah. But I really enjoy Fifty Two Pickups because yeah, I'm a scumbag. Yes, bag. Um, uh, so yeah, either way, uh, he swore he calls it quits. We got some blowing shit up. Um, uh, she works for a district attorney who I said was Bizarro Tom Atkins. Yeah, I thought that too. <laughs> I was like, oh, if this movie were uh, made a little bit later, it would have been Philip Seymour Hoffman in that 100%, part. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Um, uh, even the, you know, Roy can't fucking stick around for the speeches. <laughs> Like yeah, what a guy's a dick. What a he's not even supportive. Like there's no way is he support a supportive husband at all. No, and on that that night is when he's like, I'm gonna tell you. Right? Yes. He's like, it's like, oh, what a great night that we. It's like, oh, what'd you think? And he's just like, I've been seeing somebody. <laughs> I just turned into Bronson for a little bit. I mean, he not too far off. He's not. I mean, the like way he callous. says at the end, you know, uh, what does he say? What's the line he says before he blows him the, up? So long, uh, sport. Oh. Yes, so it's long. in that very sport. like yes. older 100%. guy type of like snarky <laughs> delivery. Well, because it does feel honestly, it feels like it could have been a Bronson character. The line that hits. Is, <clears throat> sorry, my I've had the constant cough. Everyone has this season, yeah. so there you go. Um, when he is telling her he cheated, clearly lying that he's cheated on uh, her with other people, mm-hmm. swearing he didn't. And then he's like, I don't do this very well. What? <laughs> apologize? Yeah, like, exactly. it's just like, Jesus, guy. Like, dig your fucking grave. And honestly, it's so funny. Like, it feels like her wine glass gets more full. <laughs> it like, just, like, fills up. <laughs> every time he says something, it just goes, beep, like, a little <laughs> bit more. Because when more she more gets off. up, it's like, it's like, sh- it's sloshing it's a, it's around. A, yeah, it's a fishbowl <laughs> sloshing. It's like the girl drink drunk sketch from Kids 100% girl drink drunk. It's like she is carrying uh, Garth Algar's drink <laughs> in Wade's <laughs> world. <laughs> um, and when he's like, she's just a kid talking about Cinny, 
Gross. Ugh. Dude, can you stop digging your fucking grave? Oh. My God. Did you play daddy? Oof, yeah. Ugh. That was a... That's a that's and then he's like, yeah, in a part I probably was. And, and then, it's like he knew. He knew what he's doing. And then he's <laughs> like, you know, you don't have... You have no idea, like, what it's like to be, like, in... Whoops. Hold on. Let me take that back. And then he's like... uh, you have no idea, like what it's like. She's like, you have no idea, like no idea. It's almost like that eyes wide shut moment. Yeah, yeah. Combined with in the lighter way, like there's that line, and uh, actually now rewatch Parenthood every couple of years oh, because man. I saw it's, it's, it's been a while. I remember seeing that in the theater. <laughs> it's worth rewatching because now you'll watch it as like a parent, and you'll see which parts. Like it's like watching the squid and the whale, where you're like, oh. I actually think I get this in a different way. Yeah. Like now. And yeah, there's like that one line when he's like, he says something to Mary Steenburgen, or it's like the equivalent of like, that's the difference between men and women. Like you have the, it's like you have the chance to like be able to think or something. It's some bullshit. Like basically like I'm the breadwinner. Like I have to do it. And she immediately is like, fuck you. Yeah. Like, no, like, and that's the thing. Like he like pulls this beleaguered like fucking i was in the korean war and i'm a breadwinner and she's like i'm a fucking bread like you don't know what i'm going through like it's like but that's also that's the narcissistic personality disorder that often comes from uh titans of industry who also (laughs) were in certain wars Mm -hmm. at certain times um you know the world hasn't helped them to not be dickheads to their wife no it supports Um, them because it is, be- that's the why I also like this is like, she seemingly is in a position where, she, like, beyond the 23 years, like, she doesn't need him. Yeah. Like, she will be quite fine financially on her own. Yeah, be but different. this fuck up, like, fucked her up. Yeah. So it's like, um, but, and also that's like, I need to be daddy and then cuts to Cinny and she's just sad. Oh. She's sad at a porno party. Yes. With John Glover <laughs> going around in a kimono uh, oh filming. God, in an <laughs> eye open patch kimono. sometimes. Yeah. An eye patch so he can see through the camera a little bit better. Yes. It is very funny when like his ramblings are so amazing. And when he's showing the first tape and he's like, he says something like, and of course, drinking a beer, showing your showing your seams still, like showing you're still a working class, like you can't get past yourself. Which is as someone who's, I think, family came from like poorer means and became that kind of like upper middle class, like oh, you still show your seams, being from the valley, like that's yeah. basically what he's saying. He's like, you can't hide. Like, you ain't drinking champagne. You're drinking, like, a fucking tall boy, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but, yeah, Philly Boy Roy's filming the whole thing. <laughs> uh, is uh, Clarence with Vanity, or are they just friends? I, I got a I little I thought that they that. were... It was implied that they were romantic together. Yeah. Um, man, it's a lot of work for this blackmail. Too. Yeah. I know it's like in we're talking also eighty six numbers, but like it's a lot of like almost like when they shift to a hundred five a year. Yeah. I'm like, I think you're actually getting worth it now. <laughs> like, yeah, all this effort is not worth what you're. Yeah, the was it uh, the juice is not worth the squeeze. Yes, or wait, exactly. Is the squeeze isn't worth the juice? Uh, yeah, wait. It's got to be the bull's ass. It's the other way. Yeah. I mean, but I, I, you could, I put my head up and ass. 
I will say, just that reminds me of, I mentioned it before, I rewatched Wayne's World the other day. Uh-huh. Very funny. It's but it's also funny. a hard movie to weed through how much is nostalgia funny. Like, it's legitimately funny, but like, even my wife was like, I, it's like I don't have to watch it. It's just in my yeah. brain. And I, I didn't, like, watching it this time, and she, again, might have pointed out where, like, we know this teaching sketch for so many years that most comedy movies, especially that era, are essentially a bunch of sketches loosely connected. Yeah. But that movie truly it is, really is a bunch of mini sketches hardly thrown together yeah. with a plot. I um, But I miss that type of movie. That's why I like yeah. Weird so much, because it felt like that kind of like, I don't know, I just like, I miss movies like that that kind of just like break the fourth wall, but like can still work, you know? It's amazing Tommy Boy is actually a heartfelt movie. Yeah. But how nice is it when you watch one that's not? And it's just like, yeah, I mean, we need a plot. Kind of. <laughs> I know. There's <laughs> like, barely but anything. I mean, yeah. like, can we mostly just get to Ed O'Neill speaking again? I mean, the um, second one especially, it really just kind of is like, now nah, fuck it. Let's just do a bunch of yes. random shit. Might have to rewatch that tonight. I um, I enjoy it still. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh uh, motion activate sprinkler. She's messed up. She's really pissing me off. Yeah, it's fucking great. Wait, Love what it. did that one point? She said, "You want to see my tinkies?" <laughs> <laughs> Is that at the party? Yeah, she goes. You want to see my tinkies? You want to see my tits? And it's like, oh, did you say the wrong thing at first, and then you corrected yourself? Or yeah. tinkies is a word that. It is very fun. It's almost like a like a summary of what I imagine a lot of the porn industry was at that time, where it's like a lot of those girls are going like every other sentence in and out of like you're being a creep. Wait, film me. Yeah. You're being a creep. Like wait, like where it's like it was a really complicated world. Like I think you know I I, I can't speak to it, but it just seems like you know especially seventies eighties porn was just like. It was a it it, it was a, a a world and I say this almost like in a punk way of like outcasts. Yeah. It's like the parts of Boogie Nights that like <laughs> strike where it's just like you know, it's just like looking for a family, looking for yeah. a replacement of something, like and it's just like a different mindset for how the world worked. Um and that party feels like is a good summary of that, with Jamie Gillis making some crazy faces at one point. <laughs> like and it was just like that's just some Jamie Gillis shit right uh-huh. there. Um uh but yeah, uh She's messed up. She wants out. Cindy's really not liking it. Um, so then the plan is to get two Dodgers tickets. <laughs> yeah. Where they're playing the Mets. Where they're playing the Mets. Apparently is a real game, yep. I think. Um, so he can do a 10K drop off. This is where I wrote, man, they're really playing a complicated game here. Like, this is so Super. complicated to get See, this look, money. They, you know how much Dodger tickets are. I mean, like, look, you're already wasting oh, yeah. money on... Easily, yes, on yeah. a bad game. Um, <laughs> but like, and then Carboni from Goodfellas is the peanut salesman who's using it to do the drop off translation money to then give to Clarence. Uh-huh. That means they had to pay him too. Right. <laughs> so they're complicated. not savvy with this money that they're trying to get. But also, such a. Roy Scheider is the dog and the dog owner move to not only have it be a fake money drop off of paper. He had to write a message on write, it. He wrote bag your ass on it. Bag <laughs> what a dick. your ass. So amazing. Um, uh, and I love that 
like John Glover is truly oh, he's a- bummed on the world by yeah. it. He's like, you know. <laughs> yeah. Honest to Christ, I don't know what the world is coming to. Yeah. And then that guy honks at him. He's like, hey, sport. And he like flips him off. Have a nice day. <laughs> man i love it i love it that he's taking it personal yeah that he legit he's not just like he's like i thought this would be easy <laughs> right um but like clarence's character he's just immediately like oh you're celebrating already because he like knows what's up he's like he Look, it's nothing's this easy and le- and it is true when clarence is like i don't when they're basically like let's turn on leo later and clarence is like i don't know why he was involved in the first place it is kind of true. Like, you start to be like, what the hell did Leo bring to all this? I guess he brought access to Cine because of his job, but also yeah. seems like they could have done it without. Like, I mean, if you're going to be a criminal who's trying to get money and you don't, you're fine backstabbing, Clarence ain't wrong. Well, they, um, they needed a weak link. Yeah. Like, every kind of crime thing always has the character that's a weak link. And I feel like he was definitely the weak link that would, like, cause so the, the, um, division the the like yeah. kind of paranoia you know what i'm realizing if we ever uh have a crime and come together with a crew let's not bring a weak link in yeah leave them out i'm just i'm thinking maybe the weak link's not gonna help so i guess that'd be me <laughs> see you later <laughs> i mean that's the thing i'm worried it'd be me too so actually i think we've just okay settled we're, ourselves yeah we're like out we're bow out yeah because we'd be <laughs> you the, know what? we the, had the idea but i think you'll handle it better i don't know if you want to throw us 50 bucks later it's cool we're gonna be crying um, in a dive bar like, yeah, because also our yeah, I did, I mean, we're at the Halloween three dive bar crying <laughs> to <laughs> yeah. ourselves. Tom Atkins comes in, he's like, "What's wrong with you, boys?" Um, yeah, I mean, because to continue with the complicated plan, hey. then he goes to their house where Anne Margaret's there because he wants to get shit to incriminate Scheider. Yes, but his part of his plan is like, or not part of the plan. I think it's because she got there and he didn't realize she'd come that quick. But so John Glover's just sitting there and immediately goes into a John Glover, Philly Boy Rust-style spiel about how he works for Silver Lining Accounting Service and how he could save her money. Yeah. And also, though, can't help himself and keeps calling her slim. <laughs> Which is, there's so many things like that that I'm just like, it feels perfect yeah. to me. It's just like a perfect move. He is great as a creep. He's one of the best. He's great as a corporate creep. He's one of our best corporate creeps. That's right. A, a combination between Ted Turner and uh, Donald Trump in yeah. Gremlins. He's Gremlins up too. there with William Atherton as oh, one God. of the best uh, corporate creeps out yeah. there. Scrooge. He's amazing in Scrooge. Scrooge. He's amazing. Oh. Uh, yeah, Gremlins too. Amazing. I loved him as uh, the devil, as Satan, and uh, I bring it up all the time. Brimstone, the short-lived oh, Fox show. Yeah. <laughs> Love it so much. And so, yeah, so he, though, he went to the house to get a bunch of stuff to then incriminate Roy and is legitimately happy about it. He's like, check this out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Look what I got here, man. Uh, It's also, I mean, this is where you want, and I assume, and this is why I'm going to read, I still haven't read 52 Pickup. I'm going to read it. Partly it's because I want to know if lines like, I wouldn't mind hurting her a little. Get a leg over. <laughs> That's such Super, a crazy yeah. way to say, I think I want to have sex with her slash assault her. Like, I'm going to take her to Wawa. <laughs> get a hoagie. I wouldn't mind, wouldn't mind drinking Franks. a... Wouldn't mind getting a water ice with her. Go to an Eggles game and get a hoagie. <laughs> um, 
yeah, it's crazy how he says it, just throws it in while he's also for, cream in his jeans. For the listeners who don't know, Philly, I, one of my favorite Philly Boy Roy bits was from the album, uh, the, uh, the Worcester and, um, Oh, Sharpling album. Sharpling and Worcester. Yeah. Uh, Sharpling and Worcester album, uh, Art of the Slap, mm-hmm. where he talks about uh, being a car driver, a limo driver for Gigi Allen, <laughs> yeah. and driving them to a, a gig at Gino's Steakhouse. <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny. I mean, it's just... Uh, yeah, uh, you almost gotta wonder if he if he watched John Glover in this at any <laughs> yeah, point I know. for it. Um, so yeah, he still he steals it to get into one of the more harrowing parts where you're like, oh, this movie's kind of scummy. You wouldn't imagine by the box that this is going to involve like three essentially pornographer criminal hitmen who are going to like blackmail. And then make a snuff Nothing, film. Yeah. <laughs> like, and so, yeah, they make this really. It's like every element is like, I said it before, harrowing. Like, uh, Kelly Preston's reactions oh, are rough. Like, the, yeah. it, but awesome. Like, because it, that's what you have to always, it's like, it was intended to be rough. Like, that's what this is. Like, that, that freeze frame on her face with the snot is oh. like intense. Um, Wait, did he uh, film it in slow motion too? There were a couple of things. I think where you're it like, went well, slow mo. <laughs> yeah, because I wish we had time to. I wish we had time to score this. I remember that part from the first video. Yeah, where he's talking about how the artistic part of it. Um, yeah, he's freaking out about how great it looks. It's a double shot. He's got because he's got, and it's funny because he keeps saying it's a double shot, and then it's just the camera showing the other camera. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, they do this move where, and they call it. They say that the movie's called Tit in the Ringer. Which even that is fun because it's just like then later he's like so we got your tit in the ringer now yeah <laughs> like that's why we called it that um, and uh, they basically put a piece of wood in front of her and then shoot her point blank until she's dead and then they're like there you go like now you got to give us a hundred and five k year man. And also when he's like, like when he's like, you think that's a trick box? It's not. Show it. Like they're showing it off. And then putting a mirror up to her nose to show that she's not breathing. And in between all those moves, he's going, I'm so proud of my lighting in this. (laughs) (laughs) Like freeze frame is brutal. Slow-mo, definitely. Her drooling blood when they pull the fucking box away is intense. And he goes, now mark my words, that's not ketchup. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's what I was saying. Him, it's so menacing by that, like kind yeah. of Gigali, you know, Philly accent. It just so it adds to the ugh. And truly is uh, a capper that I forget about each time I've watched it, and is a legitimate surprise. I think that you're kind of like, why are they doing this in this dark room? And then when they leave him. And he looks down. It's almost like he's just looking down, like, "What the fuck have I gotten into?" And then he realizes there's a blood stain, yep. and that he's sitting exactly where she got Ugh. shot. Yeah, awesome. That was great. Looks cool. I mean, I just His, it's like, oh, so ugh, yeah. It's a very it's effective. Brut- it's brutally shot in a, the most um, like kind of like stark, uh, like stark yeah. hiding the imagery, which makes sense too because you're like, this is the guy who goes with Verhoeven. And that guy is so crisp and deliberate in how he shoots things. That's like he would also know apparently how to just make it stark in this specific way. It's almost like there is a stark 
clinical quality to his Verhoeven movies to RoboCop, Starship Troopers, where it's this weird sanitary but dirty vibe that he has. Yeah. Like, and this is like the, it's like if you flip it, like he made it super crisp and clear to be stark and dark in this section. Um, uh, uh, but yeah, it's, and it, it legitimately works each time. And then weirdly cuts to Scheider, like basically like stuck in a car accident. That's not him. <laughs> that just that car sh- accident is brutal too. Yeah. And you're like, wow, what is, why, why this? Is it just, I guess, I mean, maybe there's symbolism? some logic of, yeah, symbolism just like the world is fucking turned upside down at this point, like sort or it's of thing. His life I don't is know. A complete car crash in this. Yeah, uh, and honestly, it was maybe a bit of a car crash before because when he walks into his house and you realize there's that creepy dollhouse. Um, <laughs> right. And I don't know if you notice when they're talking and he's going kind of crazy, like yeah. he looks nuts. There's a framed photo of a doll in the background. I did not notice that. <laughs> Wow. Only on this time did I watch it. It really freaked me out in that Jane Fonda Barbarella doll sort of way. <laughs> right. like I, was, I was like, here we go. Um, well, because uh, in the book they had kids and that was his whole reason for like trying to protect his kids. But Yeah, which I wondered if that was a carryover even. Like at one point they're gonna, but then like it just, it, it, it added to this like weird yeah. vibe at that point. Um, uh, and I, and, again with the guessing how this going like were you i uh, were you imagining that kelly preston might be alive i thought for a second yeah that maybe that was the case but it felt like an elmore leonard move to me right where she's in on the whole thing but then like as you realize that it's not yeah. You're like, wow, this just got starker somehow. <laughs> uh in the most interesting way. Just I think just the fact that it can set up an expectation. Maybe that's the thing, is like part of Elmore Leonard is he's playing with the genres and also the setting up of the expectation of the genre and playing against the genre. So I kind of <laughs> just like I'm I'm like, am I filling in that yeah. just because I just I imagine it's a this is a neo-noir. This is gonna be like a crisscross. Like double indemnity, strangers on a train. Like we're, we're switching it up again, but no, wearing our in pants a backwards. Gonna make you jump. Yeah. <laughs> I missed the bus. <laughs> Apparently, in a neo noir, no, we just really killed her. Deal with it. <laughs> um, uh, and so, yeah, she wants to drop out. He he says, "Give me a couple days." Um, and the two separate conversations on two sides of the bed is just. We said that's just an unbelievable scene. Um. And so then his plan is to, that is the interesting part, is like if you look at it as he is the wild dog and the dog owner, it's like every scene he's going back and forth. And is it us justifying the crazy tone shifts of a canon movie? Maybe sometimes, but uh, I think it it feels maybe intentional. Like it's like they're playing with the coolness of it being a noir. Mm-hmm. But the Neo part, again, is in there where it's just like, nah, this is all fucked. Like, he's trying to play it cool. He's like, he's going to go back to where she worked. Yeah. It's a place where you can take photos of these women stripping for you. I want vanity. And he's going to, you know, still be playing it cool, talking about the photos he takes of vanity, taking off her clothes. Right. And the whole time, it's actually disconcerting because you're like, Cindy's dead. Yeah. And you know she knows. And you know he knows. You know Leo knows 
there's something interesting where there's a lot of like you know they know yeah scenes. but they're not giving any indicate because it's like that would yeah that would implicate yes them, so um uh and so yeah it, it's it's it, it ends up being just super interesting to watch these sections because it's like it's like playing also with the concept of around the 80s and we're entering into a new era a little bit of like where the hero has to be cool and it's like well he's not though he's stuck like he's like he keeps blowing it he's like not playing it great um uh and so yeah because he basically like you know vanity is like the almost the the mall at this point like giving the information but in this version, while she's butt naked, mm-hmm. <laughs> stretching her legs out constantly. <laughs> taking her back um, to, uh, taking him back to her place and wearing the yeah. like, see-through 90. Oh, and also this was a classic Canon Canon. Uh, I was watching this while we had cleaning people over. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm on, a, I'm on a fucking picnic table outside. And I'm just like, go, don't come out now. Vanity's. I know. I was watching it. The first time I saw it was on TV. And uh, you could see through our window sometimes, especially during the daytime. We have curtains, but they're like kind of sheer. And I was like, oh, man, these uh, construction workers next door are going to be seeing Like They're like, oh, this guy's (laughs) watching something spicy. It's like the money pit. They're standing outside going, hey, let it keep going. (laughs) Um, uh, Him making out with vanity is wild. It it Um, felt off yeah yes it look again it's not a perfect move there's some moves where maybe it goes beyond what we're kind of talking about here um she's play uh we get back to Anne margaret she's playing solitaire not 52 pickup or whatever um it's a card game but she's definitely drunk and broken and he's just pushing ahead and i think she's amazing in this part yeah um uh uh yeah because she's just like her vibe is very whatever man like you fucked up our lives. Like I, I don't, I don't know what my next step is, but it isn't what you're laying down. Yeah. Like, like I think my next step might be solitaire. Maybe that's what the logic, honestly, beyond it just being a card game. Um. Uh. And she's getting drunk to kind of deal with that. Um. Uh. Uh. But yeah, like I even love when he's like, "I'd like to stay," and oh, she yeah. like, but he on she's her like, end again. Can, yeah. Go. Was she saying the basement? Yeah, in the something? den. Oh yeah. In the den. In the den. Yeah. Um, uh, but it, again, great fucking move. Um, you want to play Let's Pretend or should I just give you the money? It's fucking great. Oh yeah. When he goes to visit John Glover's character in the movie, the porno house. Yeah. Wearing that (laughs) V-neck. And then honestly, it was beautiful because I was at Home State. Maybe the night I watched it for the first time. Homestay is a wonderful Tex-Mex place uh, in Pasadena. And there was certainly a dad wearing the same outfit. <laughs> and I was like, guy, yep. you don't know how ridiculous you look to me. Give me the Uh-oh. deepest V you can. <laughs> I want to show belly button. I want to be I like Gina Davis in, uh, was it Once Bitten? Transylvania 6 Oh, that's 000. it. That's it, yeah. Yes. Man, even as a kid, and that's some Phantom Tingles right there, I was like, that is a deep V outfit to put Gina in. Yeah. Like, I think I might have known her from Beetlejuice already, <laughs> so it was disconcerting to watch it. It didn't keep me from renting Transylvania 6 5000 like 400 times as a kid. You're like, kid, you got to stop it because at this point in the movie, the, the video is just torn to shreds. Kept rewinding I can it. see through 
the actual tape when it gets to <laughs> Gina in that vampire costume. <laughs> um, uh, I love that they slap him like he's in an Italian movie. Oh, yeah. Like, it's just fucking great. Something about your face uh, makes me want to slap the shit out of you. Yeah. Um, I love that great shot with the movie projector and yeah. porn. It's kind of a violence pornography statement, kind of, but not really. Um, but yeah, he starts turning the tables, rats out Leo. Uh, he's starting to just sow the seeds. Um, uh, and so, yeah, they're like, they're going to fucking kill him. Uh, when Clarence turns on vanity, it's Ooh, brutal. It's so, again, talk about harrowing. Like, it's just so, yeah. he's such an intense, unpredictable actor. Yeah. Because even in, in Purple Rain, when he plays Prince's dad, the kid's dad, yeah. even that, he's just like, so like, don't you know I would die for you? <laughs> like, oh. Yeah. He's intense, man. He's like, so and it's intense. Like, I'd be like, oh, I'd be kind of like, because he's using that giant stuffed dog. Because even before, I was like, what's up with that giant stuffed dog on the couch? And then he uses it to try to suffocate her. Oh, yeah. It's just so... And it goes on so multiple times and so long. And you're just like, Jesus. And then Christ. he says that line. He goes, I trust you, but I trust everyone. Yeah. I believe like, you, but I believe everybody. I believe everyone. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, even that is like, that's one of the, that's to me is that Elmore Leonard moment that sometimes doesn't work in other movies. Like it gets too on the goofy end. Yeah. But in this end, it's just like, uh, this movie is a lot about people being trapped. And like, even the criminals are kind of trapped. Like Clarence is trapped with that line. He's just like, I believe you, but I believe everybody. See, and also like, like it feels like he's he's dealing through hurt because of the way he talks too, because he's even talking in a very like loud, robotic kind of like, hey, he's yeah. like, what'd you say to like, and he's like poking her. And it's like, you could tell he's like, he can't even control his anger Yeah, that he's trying to be like. Uh, approach it but then he's like already kind of being menacing oh yeah it's just if so you good. watch that scene and think he didn't want to smother her yeah and he couldn't help himself he was just like controlling the anger just below the surface yeah and, like, oh. and the fact that it's like this is just another in a long line of believing people that turn on him yeah like and and he feels like which is why like towards the end the fact that when he kills leo cars are crashing because they realize what's happening and he's still walking with the gun in his hands yeah. is pretty awesome because he's like he's completely gone yeah he's like now i truly just like fucking... i can't trust anybody yeah because the, the one person anyone. he like was his friend or his partner yeah he... yeah and it's like and that is the thing is like the the uh the the the, the people being trapped and lost as a theme and just like trying to be a tough guy while you're also destroyed is like such is like Roy Scheider's character in this whole fucking thing. Um, uh, you know, the back and forth between him and Anne Margaret yeah. is all about that. He's a tough, excuse me. He's a tough guy. She's destroyed. Yeah. Like that's pretty great. So fucking great. And he get in that house attack happens. That was, and that, that, that feels great. like Clarence's character is just like, I can't hold back. Yeah. Like, I, everything's fucked and I need to take this out in my own hands. Um, great music over that yeah. as well. The whole scene is great. And then when he has him at gunpoint with his own gun and yeah. then him just how cool he's like, well, the, yeah, what is like, what did he say? Cause he's like telling him like, what's the deal is like, it's only 52 and split three mm -hmm. ways. What makes you think that? And he's like, well, that's good to know. And he's just kind of like, <laughs> yeah. 
I forget what he says exactly, but just that look on his face. It's great. Yeah. It's just a, and 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 yeah, it's just like and it's also you know, I actually don't know how I I, I the the I was like I every time I've wondered how I feel about Anne Margaret all of a sudden wanting to get back with him like or just like have sex with him like she now feels like she turns back to Scheider while he's freaking out um because uh, it's like all of a sudden that makes her horny like it just it, it it's it's I'm I'm not I like that it's a confusing moment. Yeah. Maybe that's it. It's just if I if you do the read of just like everyone is still confused. There aren't any fucking clear. We are with each other. We're not with each other. It's the this adrenaline too because he took care of it in that moment where they could have died. And then like I think it's just kind of like that that emotion that that adrenaline probably yeah. plays into it. Yeah. You know? Maybe that it, it's I like that look because it's and it's just like looking at that way. It's just like that's also the human aspect. It's like it's not like you make a great choice. No, like. Yeah. Because ultimately, like, they probably shouldn't stick together. That's one no. of those, like, after this movie's over, like, that marriage should be ruined. Yeah. Um, but, and now they should take time to figure out what's their next path. Um, uh, but, yeah, they play each other off. Uh, uh, Clarence gets a, di- a gun to the dick <laughs> yeah. to, uh, to, <laughs> to John. Um, they decide to get Leo out of the picture. Um, so they're like fucking with Leo's brain. Oh yeah. And then Roy Scheider meets with Leo and that great bar scene. I like that yeah. actor. I mean, like I said, he just plays it so well that just like that pathetic, like sniveling. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so good. Uh, and yeah, him talking, he's such a creep talking about her swimming yeah. to slim. Oh. Um, and then, yeah, he's a uh, uh, great two shot. That's what we were talking about. Um, there's also an Eames chair that's in there that's beautiful that I just covet. <laughs> um, uh, and then, yeah, th- I mean, this is also like a classic to me, like Elmore Leonardy of the time move. Like, he's like, he's going to gack her up. He's yep. going to fucking Put her get her on heroin. Smack. Yeah. And even that, he's like, I'm not going to get you hooked there. Yeah. <laughs> if she like, throws up just... like a real reaction of just being yeah. like, that. He's like, oh, yeah, but don't let it ruin your high. <laughs> yeah. And this is right where I just wrote to myself because, like, you know, he sexually assaults her. He's he like, implies uh, afterwards he that, like, definitely, we're assuming he raped her. Yeah, because like, he said, well, even with uh, with uh, Kelly Preston's character earlier, remember when he says, and maybe even was yeah. raped after that? It's like, oh my god. Yeah, yeah, but it's also weird because I was, I think it's what we were saying, like. I just wrote to myself, I love a properly scummy movie. Yeah. Like, it's just like, the, and there's just something like, it hits it in the right way. Like, it's uncomfortable for a purpose. I think that's the thing. Like, it, it's not, to me, it doesn't, it doesn't read, and other people can have a different read on it, but just like, it doesn't read to me as like, the exploitation uh, 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 scumminess, where you're just like, nah, did we need to see those bread like you know there's yeah. always that aspect but it's just like the world is terrible and great all at once people are complicated it's like you know um uh we've had uh years and years of crime movies so like here's a crime movie where also it's not as cut and dry like you know like it's not as cut and dry as the poster's going to make you think it's going to be. Right, because then you're just like, yeah, because you think the protagonist is going to be the guy who's in the right, but he fucked up, 
You know, it's like yeah. they're both like everybody's damage except and for and Margaret's too fucked up. Like continues to be yeah a shitty dude. Both of their choices, like there's no both of their choices for Roy Scheider's character and then the group of criminals. I keep hitting this. Sorry, and the group <laughs> no of worries. and the group of criminals are both bad decisions. Just deeper and deeper, they dig themselves deeper because yeah. of their own hubris and their own egos. And the only voice of reason really is Anne Margaret's character, and she has to yeah. reluctant, reluctantly be part of this world. And could that be an amazing, like a one reading? Is that just like, oh, the one like female character that's consistent in this is the one that we should be listening to, but instead the men of the world in this crime just world that's mostly men will up. just yeah because like even the the complicated plan of the thieves it, it seems that there's no way that it wasn't going to end with all of them getting murdered turning their backs on each other and that the money will get reduced more and more and more that after all is said and done it ends up being for a 52 pickup that he's trying to make it just for one, but because he has to split it then three to ways to two ways to one way, where the original idea was like the 105 and then became 105 every year and then like has to keep going and going and going. And it's also hard because I realize as we keep talking, I'm like, am I starting to sound like him when you I are. talk? <laughs> it's killing me. You picked man. it up. Oh, uh, man, it's awesome. Um, uh, but yeah. Uh, and then when he's like... Even I, this is another reason I think I love this movie because it's aware of where its place is in this world. And it is to me a true neo noir, but commenting on the noir when he does like the lines you would imagine they would say in, in both a this type of movie, but also more so an 80s action movie and canon movie where it's like if you hurt one hair on her head, and it's like, dude. He did a lot more already. He ruined yeah. her, like ruined her life. And after you ruined her life, yeah, <laughs> like that that statement is pointless. It means nothing. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and so you won't call it's the police. Posture, Your more wife, big boy posture. Yeah, big boy. Po- and honestly, that's uh, it's 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 it, uh, to 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 go into one of the reasons we love watching these movies and that we've realized as we do this podcast one of the reasons we have done it for so long and you know then taking our break but is that like we watch these movies to also see intentional or not intentional how they are a commentary on humanity and culture at that exact point and we saw it in our bronson series of kind of watching the rise and fall of the fucking boomer republican um uh and realizing their place in the world and that's what this is to me is like there are a lot of sections if not most of the movie where it is Maybe it's a case of having its cake and eating it too, but it is like this is commenting on that blowhard masculine dude and that, yeah, no, it's still going to end with fucking everyone around you getting destroyed. Yeah. Death Witch style. Everybody. Everyone. I mean, he eventually yourself. kills Clarence and then Clarence's character and then he shoots Vanity in that great car scene where it's like, I thought that was effective because it was kind of pretty chilling seeing the yeah. car just roll. Yeah. Ugh. Um, and yeah, uh, I mean, I will say, I wish at one point they did say, I got to say, this has been a real 52 pickup. Right. That's what I, that's my big note too. I think they should have said it as much as possible within the movie. Every other line. The title should be 
Uh, you know how like they said Thirty Rock had like a, a joke quota per page. Uh huh. I think uh-huh. the same thing for this fifty-two 100%. pickup quota. Yeah. Hundred uh, percent. Adios, amigos. It's been fun. <laughs> it's fucking great. Um, I I wrote down too. It's like I was like, wait, this music is implying there'll be some sort of action setup, which I didn't anticipate at all. But then. As soon as he got in the car, I was like, oh, wait, the metal combustion stuff is going to play in, right? That's why he was yeah. working on his car earlier. And This, uh, it's uh, it's not as tight as Die Hard, but pretty good movie for having like little things happen and then realize yeah. later down the line, like, oh, he's going to complain about the stereo system and the speaker. Yep. He's going to say, did you fix that speaker? Yep. And then I I was the sucker for most of the time, which is good. Like, I wasn't realized, like, I didn't yeah, he rewired it so it's going to fucking explode. Um, uh, uh, and, and in some ways, it, that's like, it's also extra, though, action-y and is the cat kind of have his cake and eat it, too. Uh that it's pretty great that, you know, he can't let well enough alone. Like, even as he's getting in the car, he's one, he's, like, talking about what a fine bitch she is. He got a real fine bitch there. <laughs> like, Still got some miles, talk- or, like, I forgot what he said, but yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, when he's, like, it's all about this tape and just, like, the cockiness that he made a tape. Like, it's such a ridiculous oh, ending. Yeah. It also, apparently, it was Roy Scheider's idea. Wait, what? To do the tape in, ending? Again, uh, grain of salt, IMDb, but it says the ending in which Michael or Mitchell traps Raimi in his car and blows it up was Roy Scheider's idea. Again, <laughs> I got to read the book because I got to know what the original idea was because that end, I mean, that does feel like, oh, well, we got to end on an up note. We got to end with like a cool ending because like it is. He wanted, he wanted his one liner. Yeah. It's a little. Uh, I love the ending and it's a little off of actually the tone that I've realized we've realized is in this movie yeah. for the rest of it. But, and, and even it's like, it's a little last action hero where like, if you pulled back and saw the camera behind the camera, yes. like sort of thing. I kind of, I have expected because of the tone shift that John Glover would pop out charred. Yeah. With a truly. gun and just being like, so long sports, you know, like so long sport. Because it is almost it's very Gatsby, right? The sport thing. Yes, it <laughs> is. It's almost, and maybe this is the sign of like this is eighty six. This is the end of canon. It's like a the ending is a little cliche of a cliche. It's almost like they're self aware. Like it's almost like it's like oh, after all that, it was a tape, and you were able to auto lock the car so that the tape will play and it will explode. And the music will play, and it's this weird happy ending music as a crane shot is pulling back. And even as it's pulling back, you can see that it's like almost like to me is the only part that's maybe like the rest of the movie. It's a push pull because you got this crazy fretless bass playing. I know I have expected like a song to like a like almost like a like a low rent rap or something yes. to happen at the, <laughs> the credits. Hundred <laughs> percent. But it's like they, you, it's because it's far away. It's almost like Anne, Margaret, and him are about to. She's gonna turn into him, and they're gonna hug, embrace, and do like a kiss with her leg up. Yes. And instead, she's collapsing. Yeah. Because she's gacked out on heroin. She was in a in a in the the trunk of a car, gacked up. Poor yeah. Anne, Mar- I wrote down that I was like, oh, poor Anne, Margaret, just the way that they. Yeah. 
Oh. And ultimately, like any of those, like last action, like how are they explaining this to the cops? Like I know, right? And then it's you gonna, still murdered the guy. Look, the dirt's <laughs> going to come up for her political career. Look, I mean, sooner or later, uh, Bill Clinton. <laughs> it's cra- exactly. Thank you. Uh, I mean, it's amazing that it's just taken me you saying this to realize uh, the whole point to him, depending on what moment it is, is to protect her career. There is no way. No. Her career is protected after this. No. Uh, kind of playing into that tone, Jeff, what if like Anne Margaret was like, uh, she's like, now how are we getting home? And they have a good laugh. <laughs> Taking care of business. Or she's like, day. you know, on second thought, I don't think I will run for office. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. Big kiss. Thank God. Stay at home. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> My God, but 52 pickup. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's great. I, I loved it. A, I, I mean, I thought it was yeah. a great movie. I, I it's it's well done. And it, it's it's skeezy in that way that could only kind of exist in, in, in its time. But it's done so well. It didn't feel like I don't know. Sometimes you see attempts at this and it does feel like a little cheap or exploitive. And, and I think that um, this is done pretty masterfully and even though at the end it does do that huge tone shift i i feel like it was very effective and i i i really enjoyed it i really enjoyed watching it didn't even feel like almost two hours no yeah i think that's crazy it's like you know it's not just because of you know where we're at in the podcast but it's just like it really is a summary of when a canon film or a film of this era really works where I'm just like, you know, honestly, me and Frank, we could be completely wrong on all of our read here or completely right. Or if it was completely, if, if they, if it actually uh, was just subconscious intention, but uh, I think it, it's one of the reasons I actually, you know, love doing this podcast as we say, this is possibly our second to last one, at least for a long time um, <laughs> is I, uh, Loved this movie and maybe couldn't 100% say why. Yeah. And talking through it, I'm like, no, no. I have like a pretty strong thesis and we have now. Like hearing your thoughts and hearing like and us kind of parsing through together where I'm just like, yeah, I know why I liked it. It's not just like. I like the dregs of society. Like it's like, no, I I think. The dirty mirror. Yeah, like, I, I think it actually is, like, you know, yeah, man, it's holding a fucking mirror up to society right there. But it is, it just gave me such an appreciation for a movie that I was like, I know why I appreciate this. But it's it went also when most of the movies, when, you know, most of the movies I watch, my wife of 23 years still, it's like, I feel weird when she'll walk in and I have to like, <laughs> she knows what she's getting into. And also there'll be a bit of just like, what is going on in this <laughs> movie yeah. happening here? Um, and uh, yeah, especially as we have children, and as they get older and eventually years and years and years down the line when they're watching these movies, uh, I'll be able to hopefully explain if they watch 52 Pickup, which they probably will not. Yeah. But uh, I have enough hard time explaining Night at the Museum stuff, <laughs> which <laughs> we just watched all three of those. Oh, wow. 
by the time I got to the third one, he just kept saying, why is this happening? Why? And I just was like, buddy, I don't know. Yeah. I've never watched the third one, and this is how movies work. Yeah. I've got a feeling they're going to explain it in about two minutes. Yeah, I've never just seen the third go. one. Uh, it's okay. Yeah. It's that's all this. I mean, actually, I'll say the third one gets so sad at the end. Oh, weird. And then they've got kind of almost like a 52 pickup turnaround where they're like, oh, no, we have to fucking make it happy and not make it seem like every character has just died. Oh, so I they're watched, also back to life. By the way, I watched all the Home Alone properties over the holidays, every single one. Oh, you'd get I, I. I uh my 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 son is at the age where he has glommed onto everything I say, and so I clearly use the term bootleg a lot. <laughs> and I I must have at some point said Home Alone three and four are bootleg. <laughs> oh Jeff, because there's actually five movies and a TV series or a TV. Oh wait, movie, is yeah. five the one with the little kid with glasses? And it's like Home Aloneer, or is that the one? No, they made that's recently? okay. I, I don't know. Oh, I have to go through it. I can't remember. But one of them is really bad, where they inexplicably, inexplicably. Uh, I'm tired, Jeff. Oh, you know what? Doesn't matter. But it just it all. There's. I think I put a ranking on my Twitter where it's one, two. Uh, the Disney Plus one, and then five and four is just like incredibly bad. I mean, it might not surprise you. You've been friends with me for a very long time. We just watched Home Alone one and two. Never seen them before. I watched them with my child. Um, it just never oh, wow, happened yeah. for me. I knew the gist of it. I, right. you know, you don't grow up and not know, but like it was the first time watching it. And I also was just like, maybe the reaction of an adult after watching so many movies where I was just like, wow, this movie is, I know it's cartoonish, quote unquote, but I was like, this is like a fucking Italian horror movie. Oh, yeah. At a certain point. Yeah. <laughs> My God. It is a psychopath. Like, and my child, as I'm sure yours did, loved it. Oh, yeah. So much. She loved could not stop talking about it, could not stop explaining. Uh came home to him having set up wet bandit traps in the house. <laughs> it didn't make any sense. It was a dream. Wow. <laughs> oh, we have to talk about how they tried to make this movie, or Menachem wanted to direct this movie with Joe Don Baker, Mitchell himself. In Israel. It was gonna yeah. be in Israel, yeah, with Mitchell himself. And George also, Hamilton. Yeah. We also did. We did not mention that they also have made this movie before. Vaguely, yes, yes. The yes. ambassador, quote unquote, is <laughs> kind of fifty-two pickup. Um, I'll say, I you know this is the problem with us. I did have a moment be like, oh, we should definitely then do the ambassador too. But the ambassador is one of the movies that I've looked at when I was just like, oh my god, we're looking down the barrel of a yeah. lot of movies. Who the fuck is going to want to listen to an ambassador movie podcast? Like, uh, I'm like, Action Boys just did something fun, and we're doing <laughs> this. Jesus Christ, our main competitors, our competitors being our friends, but still. If, the, look, Jeff, I, I, we're not competing with them at all. Let's be honest. No, no, <laughs> let us be 100% honest. Not not anywhere close. Uh, I, 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 we appreciate Gabrus and all of our guests for being oh, a yeah. guest at one point. Um, uh, Gabrus, we love you. Uh, Rogers, I think I still love you. I haven't seen you in 20 years. <laughs> yeah, I haven't talked to him in a while. So. <laughs> but yeah, uh, but yeah, so people, 
this is where. Oh, and shout out. Uh, 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 well, first off, I, I, I'm going to say, and I'll give the shout out after. Um, uh, this is the part of the show, as you know, if you've listened before, where we give our canon rating. This is not. Uh, uh, this is not how good it is. This is not how bad it is. This is how canon is this canon film. So, what do you think, Frank? I'm going to give it a nine. Yeah. I'm at a nine because it's just one less because it's not like complete canon scuzz or sleaze because there is a um, a prestige canon element to it. Mm-hmm. But this is, I think this is probably one of the best of the canon prestige uh, but it's it's canon for sure. So I, I'm gonna I'm giving it a nine. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a nine as well. Cause it's uh, if we were if people are like give us your uh, top ten or top twenty, I think I would possibly be like watch fifty two pickup for the split down the middle of being a prestige canon and a canon. Like it's just like it kind of hits both worlds in a fun way, yeah. Um, and it's one of the movies I would say, just in general, to see the scope of canon films because it does the representation of what we've talked about of like directors who maybe other people are you know at what for whatever reason don't want to work with them at that point, or canon was powerful enough to kind of bring them in, yeah. Uh, and then the end result is a pretty fucking amazing movie. Um, uh, so yeah, nines across the board there. And that's a shout out too for I want to give a shout out to Tony, a Patreon member, who we have talked about this many times, and uh, I shared it on our Patreon, I believe. Um, but uh, Tony took us to task and actually put together a spreadsheet of all of our ratings. Incredible. And also reminded me that maybe the first couple episodes we did a problematic rating that we stopped doing. <laughs> what did we do? I think we gave it a rating both canon as we were trying to figure out what the podcast was, but we also just gave a rating on how problematic. Oh, right, right. We dropped that after a while because we were like, whatever, yeah. Oh, and I don't, uh, this is uh, to say, I I also want to throw this in. I wasn't sure how I should uh, 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 share it, but when Tony did it crazily, the only movie that we didn't rate was the one that Austin was on. Austin Strunick from the Wow. We were so in canon zone with our canon brother that we did not do a rating for Tough Guys Don't Dance. Amazing. And so I he was like, was I don't know. I that it's a 10. I think so. But he was like, I don't know how you want to do that. And I'll need to put it in because we would give it 10s. But I, I forgot that. I don't know if I told you, you saw that I emailed Austin. Yeah. And said, do you have a rating? Um, and I just want to say that he said, all right, ratings are always tough for me. The genesis of Tough Guys is just so canon. Menachem greenlighting the film because Mailer was specifically named as the King Lear screenwriter on the cocktail napkin he signed with Jean-Luc Godard <laughs> and Khan. Canon ponying up for this entire movie, plus an additional million dollars for a screenplay by Pulitzer Prize-winning author Norman Mailer, and then Godard throwing that script away without reading it. I got to give Tough Guys a 10 for canonness based solely on why it got made. Absolutely. Um, uh, but yeah, um, uh, he also threw in that he wished he had gotten the third book out in time by the time we were doing this and going bananas because he said he's got some crazy insane stories <laughs> for going bananas. But 
So yeah, uh, in case you wanted to know, and we have that up on our Patreon to look at for anyone, uh, and maybe at some point we'll just share with the world, but we have actual all of our ratings pulled together. It's fun to look at how we did it with everyone and what our guests did. Um, but uh, Tough Guys Don't Dance, you got 10 out of 10 mm-hmm. all across the board. Um, but yeah, 52 pickup. What was your rating again? Nine. Okay. Same as you. Nine and nine. Nine, nine. Nine. We're in nine, nine. Nine, nine. <laughs> um, but yeah, so people, that is our episode. Uh, next episode is going to be Hellbound. And it'll, Hellbound, it'll be last, Hellbound. Hellbound. <laughs> Breeders. It's going to be our last one for a bit until we figure out how we want to approach our love for everything. Mm-hmm. But until that episode... I'm Jeff Garlock. And I'm Frank Garcia Hale. This is The Cannon. Cannon. See you later, sport. Sport.